Well, yesterday, right through my front sidewalk, people were jogging because they were participating in the LG Tri, little triathlon. 500-yard swim, and there were some, uh, then there's a 15-mile bike ride and then a 3.1-mile run, and they came right by our doorstep. So we thought it was responsible of us as neighbors to go sit down there and encourage them on. So they would run by and say, you're almost done. Keep going. Just keep it up. Just keep it up. Now, they ran by our house twice, once on the way out on the run and once up the hill towards the finish line. And you see them running out and they're, they know they're on their last leg. They're all smiling and you see them coming back and they're just, some of them are just like, oh, you're almost there. Don't give up. You just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. You're almost there. That's what we said to three or four different people. Well, there's probably 20 that came by, but we, some would say, good job, keep it up, but we were just saying, you're almost there. The ones that had that determined look on their face like they, were, they couldn't make it. We actually gave out, I actually gave out a banana to a guy who was cramping up. I said, do you need a banana? Yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> Took his banana. Go for it. Said, don't give up. Don't give up. No matter how hard it gets, don't give up. And, and life is not just like a triathlon. Life is like a marathon. Has any, any, anybody in here ever ran a marathon? Raise your hands high. Raise them high. Good. New folks. We're glad. Anybody in here um, never, that's never run a marathon, have you ever gone to bed at night anxious about not running a marathon? Okay. Just wanted to see. Um, but life is like a marathon, right? And if those of us that have run them, you don't, one, you don't just get up and go run a marathon. You've got to progress. And two, at about the 13-mile mark, well, let's say 18, you're gutting it out. Unless you are gifted by the Lord to run marathons, you're, you're gutting it out. You're thinking, I'm almost there. I've come this far. I'm not going to give up. And life is like a marathon. And I think what you're going to see in this text today is Paul shows us how to persevere as Christians. Turn with me, if you would, to Philippians 3. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to look at 12 through 21. And I want to read it for you and then just give you the main point up front and just work through that main point. Philippians 3, 12 through 21, Paul says this, Not that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me His own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if any of you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears. Walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject 
all things to himself. That is the word of the Lord. The main point from that is this. Perseverant citizens strive forward with full determination in a heavenward direction. That's the main point. Of those two two paragraphs, that is the main point. We're going to look at each one individually. Perseverant citizens. That we are we kind of come full circle here. You heard it in the reading of the scripture. We saw it in one twenty seven, we see it here. Citizenship. That we're coming full circle. We're humble, we're obedient, we're model citizens, we're resolved to do whatever it takes, and we're perseverant. And to be perseverant is to endure. It is to, as the dictionary says, continue in something despite the difficulty, to persevere. And so perseverant citizens strive forward with full determination. And full determination, we're going to see here in verse 12, full determination depends on Christ. Paul says, not that I've already obtained this, the resurrection from the dead, not that I'm already perfect, that is whole and complete and without sin, but I press on. It's an athletic term used for running with determination. He says, I'm going to run. I'm going to press on. Why? How? How can he do this? Last phrase of that verse. How can Paul do this? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Perseverant citizens strive forward with full determination. I want you to know the first thing is full determination depends on Jesus. We can persevere because Jesus persevered. We can complete the race because Jesus completed the race. The athletic illustration of running is not limited to Paul or the Philippians. If you'll turn with me to Hebrews, I want to show you just how Jesus did it. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. We can compete and we can complete the race because Christ Jesus has done so. One pastor said, Christ does not call us to do what He won't empower us to do. And he's the perfect, he was the perfect humble citizen, the perfect obedient citizen, the perfect model citizen. He was resolved no matter what. And if he can do it, he enables us to do it. Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, it just comes off this great chapter of, of the, the hall of faith. All these saints, since we, have surrounded, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And how are we to run this race? Looking to Jesus. And who is He? He is the author or the founder and the perfecter of our faith. He began and He ended. Who, and this is how He ran, who for the joy set before Him, key word there, joy. He's going to the cross but he's looking beyond the cross and he sees the joy set before him. He endured the cross. He persevered, despising the shame and is now, as we speak, seated at the right hand of the God and Father. And so, full dependence back in Philippians 3, full determination depends on Christ. We can persevere because Christ persevered. And then full determination moves forward with a, with, without complacency. We don't rest on the past, and it's got strategic effort. Look at verses 13 and 14. He says, Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. 
Paul recognizes this. He's honest. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. Now what does that mean? Does that mean we just forget? I don't think it means we erase the past. I think we learn from the past, but we don't live there. You've heard of the gentleman that's told his wife, he said, he told his wife that he loved her. And his wife came up to him later and said, Honey, you never tell me you love me anymore. He said, Sweetie, I told you I loved you in 82 and nothing's changed. <laughs> right? He, he was living in the past. We need to hear that. I li- the ladies need to hear that. I love you all the time. Right? Ladies, you would be going with Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? Right? We, we don't erase the past. We learn from it. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. There's that, those adjectives and that verb again of running with determination. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, or looking like Jesus looked for the joy set before Him. Looking forward to what lies ahead. Now this doesn't mean we get lost in fantasy. It doesn't mean we live, oh, if only. Right? The if onlys. That's not looking forward. Looking forward is simply knowing where you're heading and making a plan. It's not looking forward to, oh, if only my kids were out of diapers. Life would be. If only, right? Because then you move on to out of diapers too. If only they were just in high school. Because then we could, it's just so much energy is drained from us in these Early years. If only, right? If my kids were in college. And then the kids in college, if only I were out of college. And then, oh, if only I could get a job. And then if only I could get married. And then if only, come full circle, if I could have kids. <laughs> right. It's not, it's, not living, it's not being complacent with what's already been done. And it's not, being, it's not fantasizing about the future. It's neither one of those. Because if I, if I came to you, right, and I just kept telling you, man, back when I was in, in Texas, and I just kept quoting you my resume of all the ministry I've done, you would look at me and go, so what? I'm so glad that you did that. And I'm glad that the Lord moved you here and trained. But what are, what are we doing now? So I can't rest on my past ministry experience. I can't rest. I mean, if I talk to you about how good I was in soccer... And just talk to, I mean, it was amazing. (laughs) You guys would be going, so what? So what? We've got a soccer team and a softball team here. We need your skills now, young man. Don't tell me about your state rings. It doesn't matter, does it? So let's not be complacent and say, this is what I've done in the past. Congratulations for the good. And we learned from the bad. And let's not be over here and and living in this fantasy world of, oh, just someday life is going to be better. Let's strain forward, looking ahead. And he says in 14, I press on. I, I run determined, and that's in the present tense. It's not I used to press on, or I pressed on once and that's all that matters. I press on. Present tense. Every day. Moving forward. With strategic effort. Strategic effort, yes. For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's crossing the finish line. 
or the other, it's, it's hitting the mark. You're pressing on. The goal, the strategic effort, I want to finish, and I want to finish well. When I was running that marathon, stopped at 13, took a little break, got back up, started running, and we're at about mile 19. I'm running with my buddy, and I look to my left, he's not there. I look to my right, he's not there. And I look back, and he's, he's pulled up. And I thought, do I go on? Because here I am. I want, wanted to get in four hours and 20 minutes, nice 10-minute mile. Do I go on? Or, it's my buddy. I've trained with him. We got up at four in the morning a lot of times. And would run. Do I, do I? No, I don't leave him. So I wait for him, and he's, he's torn. Whatever's on the outside of your knee, I don't even want to botch that medical term. But it's there. And he torn it. He tore it. And so we just... We made, we walked 18, and at 25, I said, can, can you jog, can we, can we cross the finish line in style? Yeah. And he's just, I was like, come on, buddy. I'm not going to carry you. I mean, but, but we, we knew our goal. I said, we're going to finish. So to some of you in here, to be honest, you need to get in the race. <laughs> you just need to get in the race of the Christian life, the race that is, the centrality of the church to affect the local community. It's about getting in the race. To others in here, I would say, let's, you're in the race, but you're running, thinking about the past or fantasizing about the future. And there are some of you in here who are running steady, running hard. So the, the encouragement to all of us is learn from the past. Don't live there. Look to the future. Don't fantasize about it. But let's live for today Looking to the end. And then finally there in 15 and 16, if full determination depends on Christ, we can persevere because Christ persevered and we do it with, with strategic effort. We're moving forward. We've got our eyes fixed on Jesus. We mature as we cling to the truth. It says, let those of us who are mature think this way and if any of you think otherwise, that is, the immature, God will reveal that to you also. We're to think this way. We're to think as if we're not there yet. It's a now not yet mentality. I am now saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But I am not yet holy and perfect and complete as I one day will be. I am now a a, a saint. That's what he called them in in chapter 1. But I am not yet fully sanctified. Amen? Amen? I am now a saint. That means I'm a holy one. But I am not yet fully sanctified, holy, right? Amen? Yeah, okay, all of us should be big. amen there. Because we're not there yet. Just talk to my wife. I am not there yet. But it's a now, not yet. I'm moving forward. And I'm clinging, as it says in 16, only let us hold true to what we've attained. I'm clinging to what is true. I am a forgiven sinner, still in need of the gospel, in love with my Savior, growing more holy every day. And we cling to what is true. And we cling to the gospel. It's like the two-a-days of the Christian life. July 31st, the Broncos go back to it. Or the Cowboys or whoever you like. They're going back to the basics. They're not going to start running these complicated plays. They're going to run. They're going to throw. They're going to pass. They're going to block. And it's the same with us. Every day should be a gospel day. I'm a sinner. Christ is a great Savior. God created us to be with Him. Our sin separates us from God. 
sin no way can be accomplished by good works, right? But paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. And everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ alone will have eternal life. And that life eternal is living with Jesus forever. Explaining to yourself every day the gospel. The good news. That we get what we don't deserve. Because Jesus and His death on the cross took our wrath. He took, he took God's wrath upon us. He took our depravity and He nailed it to the cross. Colossians 2.13 And we make it. Every single day we press on. Because we cling to what we know is true. And that, that knowledge base grows and we become more mature. As Paul said, let those of us mature think this way. That's, that's perseverance citizens moving forward with full determination. And they also strive forward in a heavenward direction. That's what 17-21 through 21 is about. Again, he says, brothers, join in imitating me. The road to heaven is marked with earthly examples of whose character we emulate or we avoid. That's what he says here. Brothers, join in imitating me. So Paul lived such a life that he could say, follow me. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, he said, you follow me as I follow Christ. We should all as believers be able to say that. Follow me. To Lauren, Luke, and Lawson, follow me. Follow me in your mind. As we imitate Christ, although imperfectly, follow us. And so the road to heaven is marked with earthly examples that we emulate. Join in keeping your eyes on me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. I could point out to men in this congregation, follow him, follow him, follow him. Imitate those guys. Imitate their faith, Hebrews tells us. But we avoid those whose character is not like that of Jesus. Not that we avoid them in their presence, but their influence. Jesus did not take us out of the world. He's kept us from it. And he says in 18, Why do you follow me and follow other examples? Because there are many, 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 of whom I've often told you, and now tell you even with tears, Paul has compassion for the lost. When was the last time, and this is a question I'm asking myself, when was the last time I wept? Wept. I, I wept two weeks ago. Right? When was the last time I had those same emotions, that same pain felt, not the exact same, but in the same arena of a brother who's lost a young child, that same distress over this valley? It's a question for me. I told you and now tell you, even with tears, these folks, this many people, he says, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. And then he explains who they are in 19. Their end is destruction. Just as Paul saw that Jesus was coming back and he's heading that way, he sees where they're headed. And it's not a good place. And their God is their belly. They're so driven by the flesh They live for themselves. Their glory is their shame. They think they're living for something great, but it's to their own shame. And here's the key factor at the end of 19. With minds set on earthly things. They have a bad end. They have a fleshly belly. They're glorifying in their own shame. 
It would be just like what you saw over this last week of these tributes to one of the, I would say, finest musician performers that's ever lived on earth, but attributing things to him like he was the Messiah. You know who I'm talking about, right? Right? And to, to cloud it with a bunch of junk, if you go watch, just click YouTube, Together as One, with the yin and the yang and the cross and the Jewish Star David. And as a Princeton professor said in the Chicago Tribune, he not only sacrificed for us, he sustained us. Chicago Tribune. Their glory is their shame. He he didn't sustain me. He entertained me. Right? I can moonwalk. Won't do it for you now. But, uh, no. Right? Their glory is their shame to give... I mean... There were things going on in Afghanistan and things that that really could have caught our attention, but we spend hours on CNN talking about this man. As if to say, he changed the world for good. He's got albums. Revenues went up. what, What has he left besides good music? I assure you, I'm not going to be training my daughter in the ways of MJ. I'm going to set her mind on heavenly things. So much so that when she, she's starting to go there, she's not asking me about him. She's saying, what does God look like? Good. Because we're trying to train her where her mind is set on heavenly things and that comes, this is a great time to talk about the Scriptures. Romans 1 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This informs the mind about who God is, what He's done. And so the, what is mental is critical to our life with Jesus and therefore the Bible must be central. It's got to be. And I'm not just saying that because this is Eagle Bible Church. It's in the text, with minds set on earthly things. They were not set on heavenly things. How do you set your minds on heavenly things? You read what God has given us. So that when your little girl says, what does God look like? You don't sing Joan Osborne. What if God were one of us? Just a slob like one of us? You don't quote her that. You don't go, "Well, well, just look outside, honey. God's all around. You say, you know, honey... We can't really see God, but Hebrews 1 tells us Jesus was the perfect representation of God. So let's talk about Jesus. Or how are we going to answer, and this is hot today, if somebody comes up to us in our course of this week and asks us about the foundation of marriage and how it should be between a man and a woman as a parable of Christ and the church and the foundation for a healthy society, can we give them chapter and verse? Or do we get frustrated because we